Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. All right, here we are on Gators Breakdown, a little bit special edition brought to you by the Gator Collective, of course. You heard all the messaging. You've heard all the messaging throughout the last year. Gator Collective, about a year old right now in this new NIL world of college football uh, and what a difference it's made for the Gators. Behind the scenes, of course, donations, big donations coming in. Uh, but we still need the, 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 the fan donations. Uh, so and all the access that it brings you, it brings you closer than ever to your favorite athletes out there. Events are happening. Appearances are happening. The Twitter spaces, uh, you get to listen to those if you don't catch them live. Um, podcast uh, out there as well, 84 Reasons from the Gator Collective with Ben Troop. So a lot's going on at the Gator Collective. And, hey, look, we know how important NIL is in the world of college football. Um, you know, not tied directly to recruiting, but recruits take notice. They notice the NIL deals happening out there. Uh, the Gator Collective going a long way in a fan-driven fashion to help support Gator athletes. So, Look, if you want the Gators to be better, it's it's really just that simple. NIL's taking over. It's an important piece of college football right now, college sports right now. And, hey, look, Gator Collective's at the forefront of it. We can make it even better. So the link is in the description. If you want to join through Gators Breakdown, uh, you can join there. You get access to so much. But coming up, big, big event, the tailgater event the night before the LSU game, October 14th. So that's next Friday at the Social at Midtown, 5 to 7 p.m. $20 for members to get in. Non-members, $30. Kids, 12 and under, $10. And the list will expand, but for now, already confirmed. We'll start with the Gator Grades of Football. This is a football podcast. D-Webb will be there. Frankie Hammond Jr. Clifford Taylor would be there as well. And then you look at some of the other athletes at the same time. Basketball, Colin Castleton, Kyle Lofton, Marion Jones, Nina Ricards. You got some track and field athletes. Baseball with BT Rypel. And the list will expand. Expect maybe some coaches to, 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 to be there as well. And look, I was at the last one uh, when the night before the Utah game. And it was you know really, really good. Fun time, 
you can check out some of the video there uh, that I'm sharing. And it was a, it was a fun time. We got to see interact. You know, Major Wright was there. D Webb was there at that one too. But you see all the interaction with the fans and the student athletes. And look, a lot of fun. Hey, look. Miles Graham was there too. Ernest Graham was there. And we'll see if some, maybe some other recruits fly by <laughs> this one for LSU, but it was a really, really good time. I uh, got to speak with, you know, Gator Jen. Everybody knows Jen there from the Gator Collective. She was there uh, as well. Had some good conversations with her and um, interacting with her. I think it was the first time I met her in person <laughs> there for the first time, besides all the uh, Zooms and the uh, Twitter spaces that we've done uh, together. But you see a lot of former players, Adam Schuler there, Clifford Taylor, he'll be at the, the new one versus LSU uh, a, a, as well. So lots, lots going on, uh, of course, at the Gator Collective. And just a fun time uh, there had by all when we were there for the Utah game. So can't wait to be there uh, at, at the social for, for another one of these events. It goes a long, long way uh, in helping the Gator Collective and supporting these student athletes. So, it, it was, it, it's a fun time. It's something different. Uh, and this is what this is bringing. Uh, the access is much, much better uh, than we've had before. So, all right, coming up, just to expand the Gator Collective. Hey, it was the first uh, Gator Collective Twitter spaces we've had in a while. Uh, Billy Napier kind of slowed, slowed things down as the Gators started the season, uh, trying to get everything. You're trying to figure everything out uh, in his first year as Gators head coach. So now – as the season's kind of progressed and more of a routine now has opened up the avenue of hosting some more Gator Collective Twitter spaces. So the first one of the season, of course, Ricky Pearsall, Kingsley Egwakon, Desmond Watson. Really, really good, informative Twitter spaces here. Like I said, it's the first one since the Gators have started this season, so you get a lot of um, look back at the season so far. Other players they're excited about later on in the episode. Now, this is just a preview. You get about the first 30 minutes of this one. If you want to listen to the whole thing, join Gator Collective. They'll have it up on the website, of course. Uh, but you get to hear a lot from, you know, Pierce Hall and Watson, those guys getting on the field a whole lot more for, you know, Watson, of course, has been a Gator, but um, those guys haven't played a lot in a Gator uniform, especially Pierce Hall, of course, transferring in. So you get to hear uh, hear hear him has how he's fitting in on the field uh, of being a transfer. Then of course Kingsley up front as well, talking about that offensive line who has played really really good this season. So all right, the rest of the episode will be a preview of the Gator Collective Twitter Spaces. If you want the whole episode, go to the GatorCollective.com. Join. You can check out the rest of the episodes there. And, uh, yeah, go join. Link is in the description. Uh, you can sign up through Gators Breakdown. And, uh, hey, look, I hope to see you next Friday night at The Social. Welcome back, guys. We're back on Spaces. It's, uh, it's been a while, I think, even before fall camp that we had a Spaces. Um, we're super excited. Um, this is Jen. We're going to, I think, try to do these every week going forward. Um, and it might be – some may be on the um, – Gator Collective platform. So make sure if you're not a member, join because um, this is the way during the season, especially to get the access to the athletes, to have these one-on-one -on -one conversations. Um, I wanted to give, well, I've got you here a couple updates. Um, the first is we were looking at some numbers. We've been launched for about a year now and we've worked with 128 athletes. So that's um, more than 25% of the athletes at UF across 11 sports. So there's only three that we haven't hit yet. Um, and we're working to uh, to get those guys on board as well. But 
Um, that's pretty awesome. And that's due to your support and you guys um, joining and helping support these UF um, Gator student athletes. And the uh, last thing I want to mention, LSU game. It is sold out. We're going to have a full stadium next weekend. Um, Friday night, we are taking over the rooftop at Social, um, right there on University, across from the stadium. We're going to have current Gator athletes there, some former Gator athletes there. Um, come on out. If you go to our website, there's ticket information there. But it is the place to be on a Friday night before a game. It's from 5 to 7 p.m. And, uh, you know, don't pay the cover later. Just come hit us up uh, for the happy hour beforehand and, and stay for the night. So, um, hopefully, you guys, if you haven't checked it out, go on our website, GatorCollective.com, and grab your tickets for that today. Um, and then for tonight's event, we've got uh, – we're partway through the season. We've got three guys who have really been impressing everyone on the field. Um, we've got Kingsley and Desmond and Ricky, and we're super excited to have them here with us tonight. I'm going to turn it over to Chris and David to um, get some preliminary questions out of the way. And then once we get through that part, we'll go ahead and open it up for you guys to, uh, to ask some questions and, uh, and interact with the guys directly. So with that, I will turn it over to David Soderquist and Chris Yanez. Um, both guys mentioned your podcasts. I know you both uh, have a podcast or co-hosts on podcasts going on. So mention those. And we appreciate all you guys uh, being here tonight. Well, thank you, Jen. Uh, yeah, so for those that may not know me, uh, I'm Chris James. Um, I've actually co-hosted some spaces here with David in the past and also currently uh, a relatively new co-host with Neil Shulman and all kinds of weather. Do uh, We do a, a weekly podcast during the football season where we drop about two podcasts a week. So definitely excited to be here again. David? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, David from GettingSwamp.com. Uh, Getting Swamp, the podcast I started a while back. Uh, really excited to be part of this once again with Chris and uh, ready to get these preliminary questions rolling and uh, get some uh, get some fan questions after that. Sounds good. Well, I guess we'll just get right into it. Um, fellas, we've, we're, this weekend will actually mark the halfway point in the season. Obviously, uh, We've had some really exciting moments throughout the season thus far. Uh, just kind of opening the floor to everybody and giving them an opportunity to speak. You know, whatever. What are some of the things that you've really enjoyed most about the season thus far, and, and starting a new regime with Billy Napier, and then um, maybe some of your favorite moments with your teammates? Uh, for me, it's fun to just get back out on the field and uh, have the opportunity to go represent the university and represent the team, and. Um, also, it's just great to see all the fans back out there and get to experience the swamp once again. But uh, it's been pretty cool getting to get into this new offense with Coach Napier and uh, getting to see what it's really like when we get into battle with him. Uh, for me, I feel like most interesting to me probably learning from uh, different people. I feel like all coaches got a different way of teaching. And I feel like it'd be very interesting to learn from Coach Spence and Coach PT. And then going out on the field and executing and just seeing how well everything come together when everybody doing the right thing. So I feel like that's probably the best thing so far with a new staff for me. Yeah, for me, I'm just going to kind of piggyback off of what King said. Um, yeah, just going out there and playing football, just in general, and having that opportunity to go out and do that, um, as well as experiencing for me as seeing new scenery and being in the swamp for my first time because, you know, 
I didn't get to experience that last year. So it, it's been a good time and experiencing all the tradition that Florida has here. You know, kind of piggyback off that a little bit. Um, what was it like last week? Uh, a lot of younger guys got to play, especially uh, Jalen Kitten. We got to see a little bit of him. What was it like seeing some of the younger guys and some of them, none of the starters uh, playing last week being pretty successful? Uh, for the O-line, I was excited to get to see all my young boys get in and get an opportunity to just play and get to showcase what they can do because they haven't had that many opportunities this season. But I know they were really excited because we all were talking throughout the week about it because we knew that they would hopefully have that opportunity. But uh, it was exciting to get to see those boys get out there and do what they do. <clears throat> yeah, same. Uh, seeing everybody like uh, Lil Chris, well, both Chris's actually, uh, Jack, all them, Jamari, seeing all them, that's like best time on the sideline because you know how hard it is coming in as a freshman, trying to prove yourself and stuff, just seeing them go out there. And do the right stuff and have fun. You know, it's it's it's, it's fun to see, it's fun to sit here and watch and see like all the work they they did uh, come the times or whatever you want to say. Yeah, for me, I think it was really exciting for to see all the young guys get the opportunity, especially for the fans to see uh, what the future holds you know, for Florida as well. And then also, it was good to see Kitna uh, get in there too, and uh, it, it was fun to be able to you know. Uh, catch the first pass from him. So, hey, what was it like taking that wide receiver sweep, man? It was good. Um, it, it's funny because it actually wasn't even designed for me, to be honest. Um, I just kind of, coach kind of just threw me in there, and I, you know, I just went over there and I just executed the play. So, did did you teach Richard Garage those funky dance moves or what? Say that one more time. Sorry, you cutting out a little bit. I said, did you teach Richard Garage those uh, funky dance moves or what? Oh, no, that that was him on his own. I, I didn't even know he did that until I, I seen the replay. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a funny gif floating around out there for a little bit on Twitter. That one's going to live um, in eternity now in Twitter. Like, that's going to pop up every time something great happens in, in Gator Nation. <laughs> But, you know, and I do have to ask now with um, Kingsley, too. I think we've all seen that play. And those O-linemen were booking it down the field. I mean, I was shocked by how fast they were and how they were, like, right behind Ricky getting through the through the end zone. Kingsley, what was it like for you in that play? Um, you know, is that something just – I know I see Shannon Snell here. Um, he can probably relate. But what was it like for you um, on that play? Uh well, I was just trying to make a play, go out there and do my job, really. But uh, it just got a little extended, so it was fun. I got a little tired at the end, but it was cool. Guys, I want to know, kind of, obviously with like a first year head coach and and, and going through the season, we everybody loves this kind of the growth of the team, and I think we saw a lot of that this past weekend, especially with a lot of the young players, like you mentioned, playing. You know, what are some of the things you've noticed since fall camp ended and the season started to now where you've seen the biggest growth on the team? I would say us just coming together and having each other's back when things might get a little thick, things aren't going our way, just making reminding each other that uh, we got each other. And uh, at the end of the day, we just got to keep doing our job. Yeah, for me, I feel like probably that trusting, trusting the styles and other players. 
So, like, that was a big uh, emphasis on Coach, like, Napier's message throughout the offseason. And with the season only being halfway through, I feel like we, we done been through good spots and bad spots. And I don't feel like we ever, like, broke as a team or nothing like that. I feel like we all still communicated, you know, in the right way. Never, like, put anybody down or nothing like that. So, I feel like the biggest thing is probably – biggest difference is probably, like, having trust in coaches and other players. Yeah, I think the biggest thing – is just, you know, learning game from game. Um, even the losses we can take away and uh, make them the positive things. And I feel like as a team that we learned a lot from them and, and you know, just having each other's backs when it gets times get rough, like King said. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, kind of moving forward, looking ahead on the schedule a little bit, you got Missouri this week. What's something you guys are, are looking forward to with that matchup and, and uh, where you hope to kind of continue to improve as a team? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. For me, the opportunity to get our first SEC win of the season, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, yeah, you know, they beat us uh, overtime last year. So I feel like everybody got that ship on their shoulder. Uh, and like Kenzie said, we still got to get our first SEC win. So there's a lot that go into it, not just that. So I feel like everybody got a whole, got a whole lot to prove when we get on the field. Yeah, definitely, I can agree. Just getting our first SEC win. And then also, I mean, it, it's just another opponent at the end of the day. It's a faceless opponent. We just got to go into the game like we always do and bring a lot of energy and, uh, you know, just play our games that, that we know how to play. And that's when we play best. And to kind of piggyback off of what Chris said, and I don't want to make, like, back, bring up bad memories or anything like that, but um, obviously – you know, after a loss, we've had two wins, two losses, uh, or three, actually three wins, my bad. Uh, what's it like uh, in the locker room? I know you guys said y'all y'all stick together and all that, but what's Coach Napier like after a loss? What, uh, what has he said to you guys maybe that's kind of maybe helped you keep your head up afterwards? Um, usually the message, or at least the two times that we've lost this season, the message has been that we just need to learn from the mistakes and we need to eliminate there's 12 to 15 plays a game that we're shooting ourselves in the foot, just eliminate those plays and play a cleaner game, which will give us a better opportunity to win. Uh, yeah, I feel like uh, I can agree with Kingsley. I feel like it's always he always uh, reminds us that it's a process and he also reminds us that everything we do in the week is always going to come out in the game, like all the little things. He's a big detail guy. So <clears throat> he's really harping like all the little things that we gotta fix and we try to try to correct it next week. Yeah, I think he uh, kind of takes our losses and tells us that it's a really good learning experience for uh, from us because we can always take something from losses or wins and uh, just to uh, create a game environment during practice and to uh, treat practice exactly like a game and focus on those tiny minor details that can be major details in big time close games like that. 
Yeah, I mean, because if, if you're thinking back to even like the, some of the losses this season, I think almost every game except last week was basically a one possession game. So, I mean, I, I mean, it does have to feel pretty good considering. I know we've, we've we've unfortunately suffered two losses, but we're in every single game. You guys are making plays. You're responding to overall adversity. Uh, I guess. What do you think is the difference as we go forward in the season? You know, we've been trading wins and losses where we can maybe get on a run here where we see we string together two, three, four wins in a row. I think it's just going to come down to making sure we're executing that practice and doing the right things at practice. Because like what Ricky said, everything that we do when nobody's watching is going to show up when everybody's watching. So I think it just comes down to uh, just leaders being stricter and just handling business during the week. Yeah, like you said, all uh, well, the losses that we do have, you say it was it was all close games and stuff like that. So I feel like that that just goes back to the little things. I feel like everybody got to come together and uh, hold each other accountable on the little things, and I feel like we'll be straight. I think it just goes back to looking film, looking at film, and seeing that a lot of times we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. And there, there's a lot of plays out there that we'd left on the field where, you know, 10 guys doing their job and one guy maybe mess up the play or do, do not do their job correctly or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's it's more about everybody, you know, working together and making sure everybody does their individual jobs. And then, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I kind of want to switch it here to offensive line. Kingsley, this one's for you. Um the offensive line, they've been pretty good through five games. The team as a whole, they've only given a .8 sacks per game, which ranks 13th in the nation. Uh, they're averaging 195.3 rushing yards per game, which is 24th in the nation. Uh, how much of that is just a testament to the players and the coaches around you and the work ethic they all have? Uh, I think we've had like the new two, our two new coaches and plus everybody else, like the whole support stuff has been great. They, uh, I like the way they coach us and, uh, they definitely push us to be better, but also like this off season, the O line, like we worked together a lot late nights and, uh, long days. And we just made sure we had our rhythm together and, uh, we're still improving on that right now. But I think it was just really the work that we put in this off season together that, uh, has correlated to what the, the games and what you guys have been able to see. But we still got a lot of to improve on, I would say. What do you think the areas of improvement that you guys are still working on? Uh, well, I, me personally, I think we can run the ball better. And uh, like you said, we've given up whatever amount of sacks. So that's obviously not fun. So we just need to lock in on that and make sure we don't give up anymore and just clean up technique things, the usual. Desmond, uh, I guess we'll switch gears to the other side of the line of scrimmage with the defensive line. Uh, you certainly have made some of your fair share of plays this season. I think everybody remembers uh, the uh, big tackle, shall we say, in the USF game. Um, what have you been impressed with thus far, some of the guys that have stepped up on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, I would say uh, everybody holding each other accountable. I feel like we all got good communication. And I don't feel like it's anybody on the defense that can't be talked to like in a way of telling them like to improve, you know, like I feel like everybody can take coaching from anybody on the defense. So I just feel like uh, people let go of their egos a little bit from last year and it's easier to communicate and tell the person what they got to do without it being a fight or something like that, you know? Definitely. And I think this side of the ball, you know, the offensive line is a little bit more veteran uh, laden. We've got a lot more guys on that side that have returned, but 
defensive line, definitely a lot of younger guys are playing. So who have you been impressed with? Maybe some of the freshmen that have played thus far, um, like guys like Chris McClellan, uh, Justice Boone. We've heard uh, also Sap. Um, you know, what do you think of their efforts thus far, you know, playing in their first real year on the defensive line? Uh, yeah, Boone and uh, Sap in my class. I thought we all came up together, so it's not a surprise at all whenever they go in and make plays like that because – like I said, we all we all came in together and we worked together and stuff like that. But uh, with Chris, yeah, I mean, he de- whenever he goes in, he definitely makes plays. You know, uh, we we try to make sure he always knows his stuff. You know, I feel like he gets a little freshman treatment all the time, so he always he's always ready. You always gotta treat him or be more intense with him because you never know when he's gonna get a shot. He always he always gets in the game. I think he got in every game so far, <clears throat> and you just gotta. Everybody's excited for him. Everybody make a play, everybody's excited for him. He usually does that whenever he gets in the game. So I feel like everybody on defense is excited to see him go out and make plays and the progression he's made since he got here. Can we, while we've got Des, while we've got you talking, can we talk a little bit about that play that almost, it pretty much went viral? Like I think I saw it on ESPN where you just flung that USF um, running back. Um, what was it like? Like, did you realize in the moment that that was going to be what it was? Um, what was your impression of that play? Nah, I didn't. Uh, I made the tackle, and I knew it was a tackle for loss, so I was excited about that and stuff like that. So, I mean, when I got up, I heard the crowd a little bit, and then boom, if you saw the video, you know, boom, I'm going to push me over the dude, and everybody was all hyped and stuff like that, and I looked at the replay, and I seen it look a little, little bit different, you know, but – at first, I just felt like it was like a routine tackle. I I was happy that, you know, I got in the gap and made the play, but that's about it. Yeah, and then UF slowed it down and put it in slow-mo on, on their page, so then it just took off from there. Yeah, Anthony Richardson throws footballs and Desmond Watson throws people, so for all you guys out there uh just remember that um, this one's actually for uh ricky persall speaking of richardson um i know you guys spend a lot of time in practice probably you and richardson some of the other tight ends wide receivers uh how much time do you guys spend with richardson maybe outside of the practice field not even if it's like working on your game or just kind of like you know hanging out or something like that yeah i mean we all hang out uh, as a receiver group and with the quarterbacks um i feel like we're always in the building though so there's not that much like hanging out time, but when we can, yeah, we definitely hang out and we we talk ball, but there, there'll be time where we just chill and, you know, catch up and talk about our lives and stuff like that. And I, and I don't want you to give away the playbook or anything, but are there like certain plays offensively that us fans we haven't seen yet that are coming up? Yeah, there's new plays really every week. It just depends the game plan, um, depends the opponent, and you know what we're uh, what they're running. So it, it could all change at any moment. Absolutely, I enjoyed that uh, that sweep you took to the house last week. That was enjoyable for me to watch. Well, trust me, me too. Guys, I want to switch gears a little bit and ask you. Y'all remember the life now of the program without the facility that we just finished building. But what have, how has it changed since y'all have moved in? It's become a part of the day-to-day operations of the football program. You know, how have you seen the efficiency change and, and just overall the improvement in the program because of it? Yeah, the new facility has been really nice. Um, everything's just there, so it's not really much, too much moving around or having to walk 
across the street and you know how the the old deal was walking to practice and stuff so it's just been nice to be able to go from one place to the other relatively quickly and having our food right there and having parking right outside yeah i feel like everybody everybody really appreciative and like i say since we since we got uh the facility with all with all the stuff that we really need in there like ricky said we're basically always always in there it's a huge building i feel like everybody always so close stuff like that and uh do it efficiency like he said instead of the walk across the street or whatever is is right from the locker room put your stuff on and you on the field when you step out the door so yeah yeah well the old facility was new for me too so when they brought this new they opened the new facility i was like oh okay and then everything is there so you really don't got to leave like with sauna and all that stuff like Whatever you th- whatever you can think of, and any kind of recovery stuff that you can think of, it's there. And I'm I'm big on recovery, so I, I really enjoy the new facility. It's definitely a blessing for all of us. What's everybody's favorite feature? If you had to pick one thing, uh, I think it's probably the hot tubs. We can just walk in the hot tubs now because I at the old facility, we have, we used to have to fill it up, and it took thirty minutes to fill it up. But you only need to stay in it for ten minutes. For me, at least, that's that's what I like. And the uh, the cryo tank's pretty cool too. I feel like different different position groups got like different uh, favorite features. Like you should say, but for me, I like I like the sauna and the hot tub. Like when that Sunday after the game, the hot tub gonna do it. And then like like whenever you walk in the locker room, you see like a certain position group or something like that. I feel like the specialists being the massage chairs a lot. So, like I say, different position groups got uh, different favorite features of the facility. Yeah, I mean, I would start by saying prior position uh, meeting room, just because uh, the receivers didn't really have a position like meeting room for us uh, in the last facility. Uh, we just used, like, the team room. So we, we finally got a new position room in there. I mean, just just the training room in general, because all the cold stuff, all the cold tub and the hot tubs, all right next to the training room as well. So just in that area, that entire area is probably where I'm at the most. And we're going to open it up to some fan questions here. I do have one more question um, for you, Ricky. I know um, before you transferred here, you said one of your big reasons was that you wanted to come to the SEC and prove that you could do it with the best. What has your experience been like now playing in the SEC? Um, on the biggest stage, in front of the biggest crowds. How's that been for you? Yeah, it's definitely a blessing, especially here at Florida with all the tradition and, you know, all, all the love the all the fans show. Um, it's definitely different football from the Pac-12. So, I mean, I'll, I'll start by just saying that and how much of a blessing and how thankful I am for that. And then, you know, football is football at the end of the day. So I, I don't think the football part has changed for me. I'm, You know, I'm just still playing my game and any opportunity comes my way, you know. And now I think we've got a question here from um, College Football Headlines. What's up, guys? Thank you for pulling me up. I just got a question for all three of y'all tonight. If y'all had one funniest moment from any coach this year, what would it be? Because I know y'all have a lot of fun out there with Billy and Co. I think the funniest part for me is when all the freshmen had to do a skit. And basically what they did is they just impersonated like all the coaches. It was super funny. They did a really good job with it. Uh, for me, like all all the coaches got um, got all like their catchphrase. You know, you be around enough people enough, you know what they're gonna say when they're gonna say it. So I feel like walking around here, like the players impersonate whether it's Coach Hockey or Coach Napier or Coach Spence. I feel like that's probably the funniest thing. 
Yeah, I agree with Des. I think when everybody impersonates Coach Hockey, that's the funniest, the funniest thing. <laughs> do, do any of you guys have an impersonation of him? Kingsley got it. Kingsley, go ahead. Des got it right there. <laughs> He's putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, nah, I don't. Gotta, just do it. Don't be bashful now. Let's go. Hey, they're trying to get us in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We've got um, Gator Josh has a question. Yeah, I just had a question for the guys. Just uh, what was your biggest adjustment coming into the program? Um, whether it be from high school, different uh, school, or coaching staff but just your biggest adjustment that you feel personally that you've noticed or had to deal with there and i appreciate the time for the question thank you i would say because i play offensive line really just getting acclimated to the size of the guys and the and also their strength was probably the the main thing that needed to be worked on so getting in the weight room and really improving on getting bigger and getting stronger uh, yeah, for me, uh, coming out of high school, I feel like – I don't feel like I never had any, like, problem with people being stronger than me or bigger than me, obviously. But I feel like probably the speed of the game, like, you get your play and you got to know it, like, the back of your hand. And then, like y'all mentioned earlier, like, how fast the O-line was running, like, I got to do, do a reach block from Kinsley all day. So, I definitely feel like the speed of the game was probably my biggest adjustment. And always being on the schedule and stuff like that was probably my biggest adjustment. I think coming from a different school, the biggest adjustment is, number one, probably not being away from home because uh, when I was at ASU, that was my home in Arizona. And then another thing is just learning the playbook because that's a whole other playbook that I learned. But I really didn't have too much of an issue with it just because over at ASU, I had to learn three different playbooks in three years. So it wasn't that too bad, but that was probably the biggest. I like how uh, Des casually drops there that, you know, I don't see many people as big as me. Um, have you been against somebody as big as you? Um, I think my sophomore year of high school, we played Crestview. And they, they had like, the biggest online. line. They were like a college. But I still think I was bigger than most of them. So probably not. I highly doubt it. I think one of you mentioned something about like the strength program. And I'm curious, like, how does the strength regimen change from the off season to the middle of the season? Uh, during the during in season lifts, it's more maintenance things. Like I think we have one day during the week where they want us to go about like ninety percent, ninety five percent. But um, it's more maintenance things, and like you got a lot of guys who are banged up from games, so you can't really do too much depending on like what the lift is. But like off season, it's full tilt, like all go. So I would say that's the biggest difference between off season workouts and in season. Right, like you said, like <clears throat> a lot of people be banged up from practice. Practice is just as intense as the game to me. So, you know, a lot of people be banged up even if if you're trying to go lift weights and run and stuff like that, like you do in the off season, it's I don't feel like it's gonna make it any better. So during the season we try to focus on recovery and still like stretching and type of stuff like that, so we're not as banged up. Yeah, just like what they said, just recovery stuff, maintenance stuff, um, they still want us to uh, keep our speed, so we'll do, we'll do uh, like ninety percent speed stuff, like Kingley was saying, with uh, Coach Tiger Jones, and uh, yeah, we'll just do maintenance stuff. Is that speed training something different, or did, have you had that at? Um, did you guys have that at other schools? 
And has it made a difference? Yeah, I think everybody has their own philosophies on like speed training and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I think all of them pretty much work. But yeah, it, there, there's some differences, but there's a lot of similarities as well. And now I think we've got a question from Only Gators. All right. Uh, first of all, I just want to say how proud of y'all we are and we'll always support you. But uh, if you had to pick, who's got the best dance moves on the team? Hendo. Xavier Henderson. Yeah, I'd probably say, probably say Hendo, too. You know, you're from down south, so everybody likes to see little Florida boy dances he'd be doing. So that's probably, that's probably it. Yeah, I'd probably say Hendo. Khalil or Shy. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Khalil and Shy. Definitely. Yeah, that was nice, too. Yeah, for sure. And now Hendo got the baton um, this weekend, so we got to see some of those dance moves. What's the backstory with that baton? Um, I think it's just Coach Tiger Jones wanted to, you know, start a new little tradition. And when you score, because I feel like a lot of other schools have a little their little tradition that they do when they score. Um, and what he says is that you strike up the band when you score. So you get the baton, you strike up the band. Awesome. We've got Benji's got a question for you. Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yep. Mm -hmm. Go Gators. Hey, quick question. So in the locker room pregame, um, what's Coach Napier like? You know, what's, you know, how hyped does he get? And then, which coach would you say hypes you up the most or the most energetic pregame? You know, right right before you right before you're in the locker room, right before you're about to run out. Um Coach Napier, he's not uh I don't know how to say. It. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's not energetic or enthusiastic or something like that, but he definitely knows how to get his point across without yelling or screaming or punching the door or something like that. So I feel like he de he definitely can get you ready without, you know, all the all the fanatics. So he's not too much of a, a jump around type of guy, but he definitely could definitely get you ready to go and get you get you hyped and stuff like that. But answer your question about who's the most intense is easy coach Spence, Coach Chaos. He got the nickname for a reason. I can I definitely say I can't really say what he says in the locker room because you know, <laughs> but I, I definitely say Coach Chaos takes the kick. Yeah, Coach Napier keeps a pretty even head before games. I think we've got OBOG question. Hey, Jen, thanks so much for uh, putting this on, Gator Collective, you guys. And um, not a, really a question. I just wanted to tell you guys, man, I love what I see. You know what I'm saying? Super duper proud of you guys. Um, you know, uh, coming for me, you know, I don't know how much that means. Obviously, I'm just a fan, but, um, you know, Saturdays is, is uh, one of the brightest spots of my week, man. You know what I'm saying? And I got a good life, but uh, I love to watch you guys play. And I uh, appreciate all that work you guys put in for the orange and blue, man. And I uh, wish you the best of luck this weekend. Go Gators. Yes, sir. We appreciate your support. Go Gators. Yeah, thank you very much, man. Go Gators. I feel like I appreciate that too first, but I feel like it means a lot coming from, from anybody even if you might not can put a face to a name, but even if we don't respond, it still means a lot. Any support is good support because we definitely, we all see, see bad stuff coming from other people and stuff like that. So any support is good support. So there we go. Good preview right there.
of the Gator Collective Twitter Spaces. Really enjoyed those guys. Some other players hopped in uh, throughout the time as well. Marcus Stokes, Gator quarterback commit, ended up jumping in. Ventura Miller jumps in uh, as well at one point. So go check it out. Link is in the description. You can join through Gators Breakdown uh, right there for the Gator Collective. Plenty of events coming up. And one more time, as a reminder, not before LSU on October 14th, that Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. at the rooftop, the social at Midtown. Tickets, $20 for members, $30 for non-members. Kids 12 and under get in for 10 bucks. Come have some fun with us. Come have some fun if you're in Gainesville that Friday night before LSU. Stop by, say hello at a tailgater event through the Gator Collective. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown brought to you by the Gator Collective. Go make sure to check out the Missouri preview. Uh, get a good look at the game coming up this weekend for the Gators. And everybody, thank you so much for checking out this episode of Gators Breakdown brought to you by the Gator Collective.